Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn that. Yeah, welcome in to another edition of Libservative, the show of intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. I'm going to do this right this time. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. I believe I'm on the correct microphone, so we shouldn't have any issues like we had last week. Sorry, what? I got some good... Shut the fuck up. What did you say? I got some good lighting behind me. We're uh, drinking whiskey tonight. We're very vastly underprepared for this episode, which is probably going to make it better because I think it's going to make it worse. It's going to be we're going to have a, we're going to have a good Wednesday night. Corey, uh, tell the people all that they need to know and where they can find us and all that other good nonsense. All right. I will. It is Libservative Podcast. Let's find it on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Not Do yesterday. It. Or no, definitely yesterday. Not tomorrow. We also have Bell the Body Snatcher you know there what, behind Dad? Corey. Do it. Don't do it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Are you three quarters of the way in the bag tonight, Corey Walsh? No, I'm, I'm trying to be. I took a couple, took a couple of nips of uh, Bell the Body Snatcher's uh, Crown Royale over here. Crown Royale. That's how, you know it's, that's how you know it's good. That's how, it's, uh, that's how you know it's Canadian. You have to get it. Go ahead. Only, Go only ahead. If you, only if you, only, 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 only if you... <laughs> Only if you explain the process as to how it's made. The process? The process, yes. I don't fucking know. Explain the process. I can't. I just wanted to say a Canadian word, which is process. Oh, uh, sorry. No, sorry. We have to we have to we have to drink this much liquor because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> I'm losing it. We're gonna make fun of a very deep topic tonight, which is authoritarianism Corey. that is basically what the entire episode is about we laugh to keep from crying up down up down up down but before we get there was that uh, a, what was you, that a uh, was that a code out, to a game up down up down left right abc <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> what have you been consuming in the cultural sphere Corey walsh so i've been really digging into my whole uh left like getting my uh leftist collectivism uh uh strings i guess emotions getting a flared i watched the uh, harlan county usa documentary it's on hbo it's from 1976 and it's about uh these poor ass white folk in the middle of the appalachian mountains who are just fighting for their right to unionize to get decent wages while they go down into the mines and get the black lung kill themselves to bring the power to the country to keep the capitalist machine going. And then I also well, got, watched a documentary on Scientology. 
Yeah, God touched my inner Marxist. But yeah, no, it was pretty fucked up. They uh like one of like the shit that went down up in the mountains when all that was going on is absolutely insane. And I highly encourage anyone to watch that podcast or watch that documentary because it's literally just a bunch of poor broke uh miners, ER, not OR, who are in the mines <laughs> and just <laughs> down there just Literally just shoveling, uh, shoveling soot to get the coal out to uh, to uh, power the country, and the mining companies just treated them like absolute shit. They went on strike, I think, for like nine or eighteen months or something like that, and the scabs were coming in, and then they had these gun thugs who uh, worked for the mining company who were just popping shots off at these guys. And the whole community was getting involved, and the women were out there protesting, and the people were beating the shit out of the women. And people actually died in these struggles and it's just, but they ended up getting the contracts that they wanted or not necessarily the contracts that they wanted, but they got a huge increase in what they wanted. And like, it's just, it's super important to understand the idea that everything is based on class, not race, not gender, not ideology. And that if we really focus on things like that, if a bunch of rednecks up in the mountains can do it, the rest of the country should. And that's, that's also it's interesting that you that you watch that and you're so passionate about it because you and I actually had a uh, a bit of a, a small no, yeah, about yeah, unions did. over the weekend via text and what what I would say about the um the the documentary and the situation of those of those miners is like that's a, that's a scenario in which unionization makes complete sense but then you also have the issue of when unions make things too comfortable for workers and then and, th- and it's not that it's not that the workers are the problem but the union then becomes overly politicized they don't really have that much to fight for so they all they do is continue to fight for power and you end up with things like the teachers union spending and, more money on yeah, yeah donations than like, advocating for their workers which i'm uh, actually like yeah, I was going to say, it's almost as if like unionization can be one of those things where you can have too much of a good thing, if that yeah. makes sense to you. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think unions are a microcosm of a perfect example of stagnancy when people don't hold the feet of the government to fire, when they just run rampant with things. And we're going to talk about a bunch of authoritarian things throughout the episode. Yeah, or, or when, they just get in bed people, with government, right? They yeah, just get because in bed with government. They vote for who's in charge of their uh, of their union. You know what I mean? And that, mm-hmm. like, if the union is failing them, that's just as much as the union's fault as it is the workers' fault. So, yeah, you say, like, I mean, half of what I just said, uh, certain people on the left are going to look at and go, well, you just, you must be anti-union. You hate workers. Like, no, no I'm absolutely 100% for collective bargaining. There's just, yeah, there's just, there are scenarios in which unionization becomes toxic. Yeah, that's, yeah, it, and beca- it becomes too big, and it, it it can't maneuver, and it becomes too politicized, like you said, and it uh, it gets in bed with government, and then and the workers, necess- the workers within in that union, because they're they're just comfortable enough, right? They're just happy enough to where almost like with our you know regular politics, you, people get just. They're just comfortable and they're just happy enough and they're making just enough money and they're getting just the right benefits to where everything else on the periphery that a bad union does is able to go on, on, on almost completely unchecked. 
Yeah, 100%. So good and bad, good and bad with unionization yeah. there. Yeah, no, it's 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 important if you're a part of the union to keep your union reps uh, um, in check and keeping them, making sure that they're actually fighting the good fight and not just trying to stuff the pockets of politicians to scratch their own back. And holding them accountable. And holding them accountable. Yeah, you got to hold them like accountable. You guys talked... Like- you guys talked when I was gone about the uh, our state governor Gretchen Whitmer in here in Michigan uh, revoking right to work, and my whole thing is, and it, this is I think that where our disagreement was that which where we ultimately agreed, Corey, was that I liked I actually liked the, I liked the idea of right to work. The only issue that that law had, in my view, was the fact that non-union workers still got to collect union <laughs> benefits. It's it, it's the idea of a free market, right? So if you're not in the union, you don't get union benefits. Yeah, so that, w- that was a disagreement because my thing was, is uh, in a workplace, like uh, the way a union is instituted into a workplace is, you know, all the, all the workers, they all vote whether or not they want a union. So then when they do that and they say yes, then the union rep comes in and then the union that's representing them comes in and then that union rep makes a contract with the uh, the company right so then that com- company is legally bound by a contract and if that contract makes it to where they're a exclusive cuz like, there's like three different things is exclusively non-union workplaces which is like a lot of workplaces there's ones that are mixes where they have a mix of workers that are in the union workers that are not and then there's uh, contracts that are just explicitly just union only. Mm-hmm. Now, if a company signs a contract that they're only going to hire union workers, it hurts that collective bargaining when these unions have to spend money and stretch these dollars to cover people who aren't paying their dues. To where if the company signed a contract with a union, then that's as free market as it gets, essentially, because it's up to private entities making a legally binding contract to where if someone gets hired in there, they have to be a part of the union. And if you're going to be in a job, that's a part of a union that is based on a contract that the company signed, then you got to pay your dues. And if you don't want to be a part of a union, then I'm sorry, go to the shop down the street. So, okay. So because what you're doing effectively is, and that's why people say it's hurting the unions because now the unions have to make, Instead of it being dollar for dollar versus member, they had to take 75 cents from each member and then put these dollars to cover someone else who, who's getting all these benefits, who isn't paying their, their fair share into it. Okay. So, all right. So, so point taken and I agree with you, but let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this. So don't you think that unionization is, is a lot like government? Yeah. When it's, oh yeah. No, when absolutely. Hold so, on. So, so let, so let me, let me put it in context. It's a lot like government in that. When it's small, when it's concentrated, it works really, really well and does a, and does a really good job for the workers involved in that union. But when it becomes <sighs> big and overbloated, like our federal government, mm-hmm. you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, like where the that's UAAs, when it becomes, UAWs, that's when it becomes an issue. Look yeah. at the fucking police unions. I have qualms with unions when they aren't doing oh, yeah. their job. When they get too uh, big, a lot like government. So here we are. We're on the same page. Right. And then, yeah. And then, and then if a, uh, if a company has a contract where they can have some union workers, some non-union workers, cause some places do that. Um, that's where we'll, I think we'd even agree that if someone wants to come in and not be a part of the union and work in that place and they have that ability, sure, but they shouldn't be protected by the union. If they're not, if they're, if they're, 
if they're like, well, I don't want to be a part of the union and they're not paying any dues. And then all of a sudden shit hits the fan and they're getting fucked. And all the union workers are like, well, you should have been in the union. And he's like, well, you guys should be protecting me. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> you didn't pay your dues. There's it's, this is essentially like a membership you're paying for to help us cover the lawyers and everything else to get you for a contract. So if it's a, if it's a workplace that allows both, I agree that people should be allowed to not join the union, but they shouldn't get the union benefits. Yeah, I would never. And the biggest qualm, the biggest qualm from a lot of people was like, well, now people who don't agree ideologically with the union's political uh, leaning, they're now being forced to pay dues to this to this union who's giving uh, giving money to Democrats and stuff like that, and they might not even vote Democrat. And it's like, no, that's that is a fair assessment. But when you're in the union, you have a say and raise that, raise those questions. You know what I mean? Like bring that up in the union meeting. Yeah. And that's where that bring goes in, back to the point of when people get a little too comfortable or they're, they're <laughs> just comfortable enough, they don't give a shit. Cause they I just, bet you, if you went in there and you raised hell and you're in this union, you're like, listen, we're all paying our dues here. Right. And neither of us are getting our, like pay bumps. We're not getting good contracts. And then when you look at the fucking dollars being spent, this union that's supposed to represent us is sending all of their money to democratic political parties and constituent uh, fucking candidates. Where the fuck is our help? I bet you everyone in there is going to be like, well, Hey, you know what? He, he, he might be right. Let's, let's vote someone new in, you know? Well, not only that, but I think we, we even saw that a lot here just in Michigan, right? When you go back to 2016, like you still had a lot of unions supporting Hillary Clinton, but I think you had a lot of union workers voting yeah. for Donald Trump. Not even 2016. You remember 2020, that viral yeah, video, yeah, that deal. viral yep. video of that union worker asking Biden a bunch of questions and then Biden's like, Hey, I don't work for you, Jack or whatever. Remember it was that guy who was talking. Yes, about you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're the yeah. president of the United States. Yes, you do work Telling for me, a union worker, putting his finger to union workers face that right there should have been the canary in the coal mine to let us know how he really felt about unions when it came to things like nor- the, uh, the train uh, protests or the train uh, potential train strikes that he shot down. Politicians just want the money. They just or they, they just want the donations from the unions. So, what are you drinking, Bell? <laughs> we didn't even ask. The Bell. Same shit you are. He's just back there, not part of a union. No, I'm part of this he's union. Jo- he's he's part the of the, the conservative union. I'm, I'm contributing to this union. I'm over here reading news. I like that Bell's persona with that pop with that pop filter now is basically turning him into, into like Wilson from Home Improvement, where he's like hidden so behind the pop filter the whole time. <laughs> I like it. I could do one of these. Everybody um, already knows what your face looks like. That's all right. You've already been canceled <laughs> <laughs> in pretty much every aspect of uh, of life. Oh, anyway, that's funny. What am I drinking? No lie detective. Yeah, what are you drinking? You said you were drinking Eagle Rare. You told us already. Well, no, I had I had a nip of the Eagle Rare, but bro. then, yeah, it was pre-show, and then I switched over to, to the uh, Angels Envy Finished Rye, which is uh, becoming quickly one of my go-tos, except vastly overpriced. It's just, I, you know, what's oh, up you with bourbon? The- yeah, what's up with? No, I'm saying the price, not the not the drink. Oh, what's I can with- tell you, I I can tell you what's up with bourbon. So. Here we go. Here's a fun little tangent. So 
being in the food business, I service a lot of liquor stores, right? So I've I've gotten pretty close to a few of my customers who own liquor stores. And the issue with bourbon isn't necessarily that the product is any more rare than it was before. There are a lot more people into it, right? Supply and demand. But then also a lot of the sales reps for the uh, liquor companies are basically bribing liquor stores in order to get them certain more rare or sought after bourbons. So, you know, for example, I know a guy down the street who owns the liquor store. And I was just asking him like, well, how much for a bottle of Blanton's? Okay. So if you're a, if you're a bourbon enthusiast, you know, Blanton's it's pretty well known. It's not, it didn't used to be that rare, but it was kind of semi rare. Not everybody had it, but and it's a little bit different throughout the country, but here in Michigan, I think state minimum on a bottle of Blanton's is like 67, 68 bucks, somewhere in that region. And now you got most liquor stores selling it for 150. I saw one down the street had a bottle for 180 and it's still sitting there because bourbon enthusiasts know that that's a $70 bottle of bourbon and they're not going to pay $180 for it. But what they do is these these sales reps go in and they force these liquor stores to buy a bunch of bullshit. Just like new flavors of shitty vodka or like whatever. Like you got to buy all this stuff and I'll get you one bottle of Blanton's. And so in order for them to make their money on the shit that they know they're not going to sell, they got to mark up Goddamn Fabian brothers. Yeah, yeah, they got to mark up that bottle of Blanton's 100%, 120%. I mean, even something like Eagle Rare in a lot of places is like 70 bucks. That's a $32 bottle right. of bourbon. <clears throat> because they, ha- they they want it on the shelf. You have, they have to see that you can get it there. And like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, It's brutal. It's a brutal, brutal, brutal thing right now. I, don't I still luckily yeah, got a couple of bottles of Eagle Rare for 32 bucks from one of my guys, but ah, lucky bastard. Anyway, I got plenty. You can come over. I got it in my uh my whatchamacallit. Come my, over there and just start guzzling it. Just my ah. decanter. Um yeah, so that's what I'm drinking. What I'm consuming is uh the 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 final episode of uh <laughs> the witch trials of JK Rowling. You know I was gonna bring this up. Right. Did you listen to it? Did you listen to I the did, last I did. episode? I did. You know what's really interesting about that that last episode to me was the fact that I do get the idea, right? Because I've always I've kind of been in defense of J.K. Rowling and throughout this whole thing. Yeah, she's a bit I, of an absolutist on this shit. I, it's not so much that she's an absolutist, although that is a good point. That wasn't the takeaway that I had. She's you can tell that she's very bound up and very defensive about her views. And and what I chalk that up to is like the Jordan Peterson syndrome, right? Just when jaded get, because she got turned on. Yeah. When you get bombed on by people that you essentially agreed with, or just like when you get crushed by that mob rule, yeah, you, you, it is really, really difficult for like, you get a little bit bitter about it. You either cuck out or double down. Yeah, and when you double down, you get more and more bitter. And I did get that sense from J.K. Rowling in this last episode. For anybody who hasn't heard it, I recommend you go listen to it. But it's essentially the host, Megan Phelps Roper, goes back for the final episode and interviews J.K. Rowling again about all of the uh, pushback against J.K. Rowling that Megan had heard throughout the course of making this podcast. Some of it was legitimate. Some of it was silly. Uh, but yeah, J.K. Rowling was, uh, uh, 
you could tell she was tense. She could tell she was right. kind of holding back and, in that in that interview. And in the grand scope of things, and like everything going on in the world, it's almost pretty trivial. Like like she says, she goes, "I'll fight for your right to be trans." She goes, "I'll be on the picket line with you. I'll go protest with you." But she says, "I just women and trans women are not the same." Yeah, she thinks they're two separate things. And that's and that's I don't understand that's con- how that's controversial, but it is, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, her whole point is keeping predatory men out of women's spaces, and the, and the issue that the left always has, or or the progressives, or the you know the trans ideologues always say is that well, when you say that when you say that it means you're degrading the identity of all trans folks, and that's where the disconnect is. I think that's where the disconnect has always been. You know, if you if you don't think that predatory men are going to take advantage of laws that allow penises in locker rooms, in women's locker rooms, I think you're nuts. How common will it be? I would say probably not very common, but you know what I mean? But like, why would you, it's, 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 it's difficult. For, yeah. It's difficult for me to make it okay that it's even possible in that situation because predatory men will always take advantage of the loopholes and they will view that as a loophole. Right. And I don't even care so much about the bathrooms, right? Like, cause a lot of people are like, well, you're just going to the bathroom. Honestly, the bathroom part is, is I can see why she has an issue with that. But my thing is more like women's prisons or like women's gyms, you know, like women's locker rooms, like whatever, dude, you're a, you're a trans woman who needs to le- go to the ladies room and take a tinkle. I don't give it. I personally don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care. You know, like if a, if a trans man comes into the men's restroom and he did, he's obviously, unless he has a she, we, uh, he's going to be using the stall. Right, dude. I was if, and I if was a trans a- man goes into the stall, and for example, I've seen this happen. I remember at the ten year anniversary for a high school, there was a man who you could tell the difference in the flow. No, he. <laughs> so he was a woman while we were in high school, and mm-hmm. in that ten years, he transitioned. And I was all wasted in there, and I and someone was in the bathroom, and I'm taking their piss, and the stall opens. And I see him and I just went, hey, and she just like kind of just like laughed, you know, or he, I mean, just kind of laughed and we walked out and that was it. If a woman who is now a man uses a bathroom in a men's room, they're using a stall. If a man is now a woman and uses the bathroom in the woman's room, they're using Using a a fucking stall. So like short of things happening where there could be a predatory thing happening, which is like, I don't want to discount it because it has happened. Why do you think women go to the bathroom in groups? Right. And, uh, but like the idea of it in itself, they're going to be in a stall. So it's like, I really don't care. It's not hurting me. Nine. Like if if there's a million Trans people using the bathroom. I bet you nine hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety five of them aren't, or even nine hundred ninety nine of them aren't doing anything. And there might be one that does. And so that's something that's worth questioning or worth conversing about because that one person that's being taken advantage of is a live human being. And just because they don't, just because it goes against the grain of like. some narrative happening on mainstream media doesn't mean that what happens to them is any sort of, it's not less valid. Yeah. And then the, but, the, other, the other side of that topic is like, it's totally reasonable for women to want to have places where they can go, where there just aren't. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. No yeah. dicks, no dicks allowed. Yeah. No dicks allowed. 
completely it's completely reasonable and i'll give you a great example when i hang I'll, out with the boys there's no vaginas allowed <laughs> i won't say i won't say who it is but it's somebody that i'm related to and related to closely when i was younger she uh she was uh, i don't know probably six or eight years old she was in a she was in a bathroom stall at a local at a local restaurant and some fucking creep followed her in there and peeped at her under the stall in the women's room and this was a guy. This wasn't a fucking trans woman. This wasn't somebody that was pretending to be trans. So, like, I, I understand the point of, like, predatory men are going to do predatory man things. Yeah. And it giving them the, the giving giving them more of an opening to be able to do so. I understand yeah. it's a contentious issue, but it's definitely something that needs to be discussed. And yeah. that's that, that, I think, is J.K. Rowling's biggest point. I will also say... That when I was in West Hollywood, California, we went to a couple gay bars and they had unisex restrooms. And for being in a crowded bar, it was the most efficient restroom I have ever used. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like it was just one big restroom and the line just went so goddamn fast. It's one of those Ally McBeal restrooms. Is that an Ally McBeal restaurant? I never watched. You Ally never, McBeal. you never watched Ally McBeal, where they they no. work in the law office, and the men and the women both use the same bathroom. Oh, really? Yeah. No, yeah, it's yeah. in West West Hollywood, and uh, the bathroom just was super efficient. Got in and got out for a oh, bar that was probably past max capacity. <laughs> we're twenty five minutes in, Corey. We want to get to the Restrict Act. Yeah, let's get to the Restrict Act. You got a lot to say about this one, and uh, and and so do I. So this is essentially the bill that's it's is this going through the House or the Senate? I'm I've already lost track. Um, um let me real I quick. believe this I is going it. because J- Josh Hawley's heading it up too, along with a couple of Democrats. I've already lost track, but this is essentially the bill that is the quote unquote TikTok ban bill that. Uh, that is a basically a bipartisan effort to ban TikTok. But as Corey's about to pull up, so that's not all this bill is about. <laughs> I'm going to read the uh, Spike Cohen post. The federal government has been fear-mongering over TikTok, an app that spies on you for the Chinese government no more or less than any other social media app. And now we know why. It's called the Restrict Act, and if it passes, it will be one of the biggest infringements on your rights and privacy in American history. Restrict gives the government authority over every single form of communication anywhere and authorizes them to label you or any other human being on Earth a national security threat. It allows them to collect any communication or transaction data on you and everyone else without any warrant or oversight and to ban you from encrypting your data to stop them. If you violate any sections of the Restrict, Act, you will be t- labeled a foreign adversary, even if you're an American citizen living in America. Orwellian Oceana would be proud of with, th- with that bit of newspeak. Once you're labeled, the only way it could be removed by is by a resolution from both the House and the Representatives and the Senate. That's right. You can't fight this. You can't ask for due process. You'd have to rely on an act of Congress. And how could they punish you? Just about any way they wish. And without any trial or due process, at the very least, you could suffer a $1 million fine and 20 years in prison, and you would have to surrender every single thing you own. Restrict also gives the government unlimited hiring power and unlimited funding. Want to file a FOIA request to see why you are labeled a foreign adversary? Tough. The Restrict Act gives you gives the government immunity from FOIA. 
And he goes, I want to put this plain. The restrict, if passed, will remove any semblance of limitation on government's ability to frame you, rob you of everything, and destroy your life. You'll have no privacy, no due process, and no ability to ever find out why they did this to you. Now, you know why they've been trying to scare you about foreign dictatorships. It's to distract you from the domestic dictatorship they're attempting to create. So is it fair to call the Restrict Act the... 2023 version of the Patriot Act. Oh, that's a hundred percent. Very, very similar. It's, it is, it is another piece of legislation that, that is, that is brought to you, the American people where you're told this is just here for your safety. We're just bringing this to you. We're going to put this into law so that we can protect you. However, and I recommend everybody go read it. I haven't read the whole thing, but I've, I've certainly read the synopsis of this bill and the, the the issues that y- you have with it are the same issues that you should have had with the Patriot Act back in the early 2000s, which is that the language is very vague when it refers to foreign adversaries. What the fuck does that mean? I could be talking to my, you know, a friend that I have in Russia and the government could decide, well, you're talking to uh, a, a Russian KGB person. <laughs> and so that's 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 a huge problem. And then there's also the issues with uh, uh, v- VPNs, right? Isn't that isn't that one of the things that folks are freaking out about, Corey? People using VPNs yeah, to so people use VPNs like to protect to protect themselves and their data for people who want to have, try to have privacy. And it's just like uh, Bell just shared an article real quick that uh, it's some breaking news. It's some breaking news that just came. Oh, from the AP from twenty six minutes ago. Yeah, concerning. Uh, Missouri There's Senator no. Josh Haller tried to force a Senate vote Wednesday on legislation that would ban a TikTok from operating in the United States, but it was blocked by fellow Republican lawmakers in both the chambers and are still who are trying to figure out what action, if any, is appropriate against the social media app. By one solo Republican. Because oh, who is that Republican? Who is that fucking American hero? <laughs> you don't even want to know. Yes, I do. His name is Rand Paul. boy. I, you know what? That was going to be my guess. You know why? Because Rand Paul is the only fucking adult in the room in the Republican Party when it comes to the Senate. He is the only adult in the room. Thank you, Rand Paul. I, you know, I was wishing I could say somebody else's name. I I, I have my disagreements with Rand Paul, but God, I have my sure. vehement agreements with Rand Paul at the same time. He's the most libertarian thing we have in in congress and he's like the right shittiest now. libertarian you could have yeah seen. he's like the, <laughs> yeah, he's the shittiest version of libertarian but at least he's there i'm just i'm taking what i can get right now Corey. yeah no like it's it's so interesting the whole tiktok thing because like so many of the other social media apps they use uh like hardware and stuff from the chinese government where they could all be just as much spied upon as tiktok and if China really wanted your your data, they could just buy it from one of these companies anyways. And uh, what I find interesting is about a year ago, Facebook hired a GOP firm called uh, Targeted Victory. And what they did was they just put a bunch of, uh, like the firm, Targeted Victory, uh, hit a paywall on Washington Post. Oh, of course you did. You ain't paying for that shit. 
Yeah, I ain't gonna pay for that. There's another bill. But uh, so what Target Victory was doing basically was they were just spreading a bunch of malign and uh, misinformation about TikTok all throughout different news sources targeted to get the attention of senators and stuff to make TikTok seem like way more malicious than it actually is because Facebook or because TikTok is eating Facebook's lunch. Okay. And so instead of trying to innovate and create a better product to, uh, to continue to get more users, they just try to block another company that's doing, that's doing better than them. They spent a lot, a lot of money. I don't have a figure because the paywall, but they've spent all this money to get all of these different uh, PR firms to just spread all this information that TikTok is basically the devil. And it pisses so me off because what it ultimately comes down to is like, this is only like, it's based on algorithms, right? Like a lot of the things they're saying in the, th- in the, uh, the media and stuff is like, it's just poisoning our kids' brains. It's just giving them all this bullshit videos when all the kids in China are seeing great stuff. Cause I'll tell you what, sound like to you, you Corey, know what, what does my- that sound like to you? You know what it sounds like? It sounds like cable television and violent video games. Yep. <laughs> Cause you know what? Like my, um, you know what my feed is on TikTok? It's like political stuff. Uh, um, different movements and protests that are happening. It's uh, different breaking news things that you don't see in public media. And it's uh, indie music, like outlaw country and indie country and rap and punk rock and stuff. Uh, Stand up comedy and some fucking, some different little funny skits and stuff like that. So like uh, mine is information. Another bill that was sponsored by by Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, which is like it's a little bit like Holly's bill, would ban U.S. economic transactions with TikTok. Bell's looking it up right now. In fact, he, he's the one who put it in the private jet. Uh, it it would ban U.S. economic transactions with TikTok, but also create a new framework for the executive branch to block any foreign apps deemed hostile. So, like again, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, and that means that daddy government thinks you're too dumb to make your own decision on what you want to use to gather your information. So they're going to make that decision for you guys. Yeah. Go name ahead. Bill. Bill. Oh shit. Hold on. Hold on. Give me one second. <laughs> His bill is somewhere. co-sponsored by reps. Raja. Chris. Morthy and Mr. Mike Gallagher. Morthy. Who's those pushing new legislation point to agreement. Uh, on a bill passed in December that banned TikTok from most government devices. Now, see, now that's something I do understand. It's the Anti-Social so th- CCP Act. <laughs> that's what this is. That's what it's called. Seriously? Yes. That might as well be like the Muslims are bad act for the Patriot Act. Like that's basically what that is. <laughs> and it's bipartisan. Sponsored by quite a few people from both sides. Dude, it's just, it's always follow the money and it's Jeez. Facebook being pissed off that another country company is eating their lunch. You know what's fucked up about this whole thing? Okay, so the Chinese. Like, no, you know what's Byte fucked Dan- up about but so, this. So, so ByteDance, hold on. So ByteDance, the Chinese company comes up with, with the app TikTok, right? Like that's, that's the parent company, right? So the Chinese come up with TikTok. The thing that's the most fucked up is that apparently China knows what's going to 
give us mind worms more than our own fucking government does because they have the ability to control our 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 emotions and our our social cues via the most popular social media app in the world and we couldn't figure that out about our own goddamn people. Right. Elon bought the wrong company. Yeah, and so like it's <laughs> right. uh and what kind of democracy is it that 150 some million Americans use this app and like this app and that the government's going to say, "Well, no, no, no." For your own it's for your own good. It's for your own good. We're keeping you safe. That we're going against the will of the American people. Because if the American well, people didn't it this want way, it. Right? So you have the WikiLeaks thing, right? Like we already know our own government is spying on us. We already know that they can get a hold of any piece of information about us at any moment in time that they want. Do I really give a shit if China can do that too? I mean, that's an honest question. Right. Do I like really I'm on care? the app bitching about the Chinese government. And it's getting hits. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I go on the American ones and talk shit about the American government and it gets shadow banned. Shadow so, banned. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. Right. You know, it's just, it's, uh, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. This bill needs to not pass. No, this bill is fucking scary. Yeah. So the craziest this is- thing about this bill today being voted on there was a good chance that if he didn't rush the vote today, that this bill would have actually passed through the Senate. The reason that this bill didn't pass is because he rushed it. And because he rushed it, it gave the ability to be swatted down by one Senator. If one Senator disagreed, then the whole thing went kaput. Thank you. That's what I'm understanding. All right. That's what I'm understanding. Take it with a grain of salt as you listen to this. We're 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 pulling. Oh, that, this up or how about this, Dan? How about this, yeah. Dan? Uh, America is one of the only countries that doesn't have laws in place to protect America's privacy and their data when it comes to apps like social media apps. All like all of Europe does. How about instead of just banning apps, we just create laws that like protect Americans' data. Or is that just too hard for our government? Yeah, and we already know that we have the technology, right? It seems like it VPNs be work for them. Oh no, this this restrict act will ban VPNs. That's what I'm saying. Like you're banning the technology that would protect us from said problems, right? Because the government I mean, wants not, your I'm data; they just want other governments to have your data. And and te- and some and any tech nerd out there can feel free to correct me, but it seems like this bill is banning the technology that would protect us from the problem that they say the bill has that they say the bill is trying to protect us against. Yep, <laughs> isn't that essentially what a VPN does? I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it makes e- it to where email you're untraceable. Email us. Like, so if you have like a VPN, it basically. It's like a proxy server. Remember using the old proxy servers in high school to get past the school's firewall? Yeah, it would like it like changes your IP, it changes where you are. Yeah, like, it yeah, so location or whatever. Yeah, it would encrypt all of your data through like a server, like let's say in France or something. And then it would ping from France to somewhere else. Or if someone was trying to track your ship, they'd basically go into a ghost server and they'd be trying to hit this server in France versus you yourself. Mm, the restrict act well it's like proxy wars you know you want to fight russia but you don't want to bomb russia so you arm somebody like al-qaeda yeah that's 
That's really funny because that's our next topic. <laughs> Is it really? Peace in no. the Middle East, Corey and Bell. Oh gosh. Peace in the Middle East and where that where in the hell was America while this was taking place? We have China brokering peace in the Middle East. Where were the United States? Oh, that's right. What were they doing, Corey? They were profiting off of war. You said they were in your ass. Yeah, this one kind of came out of nowhere. That's all of a sudden they're bringing Syria back into the fold of uh the Arab, the league. What's what's the Arab League or did whatever? You just say, did you just say Arab? The Arab League. <laughs> I might have said Arab. Oh man, <laughs> that's you know your me. father coming out, isn't it? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> Make that into a soundbite. No, but yeah, the there's a lot of countries in the Arab League. Yeah, but Syria was kicked out, and they're trying to bring them back in through all of suspended. this. Suspended. Yeah, suspended. So essentially, China goes over and, or I'm sorry, brings uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia representatives from each country to Beijing to broker a peace deal. Now, it's not that these two countries were like physically at war, but they were involved in a proxy war. Where, Corey? Syria. Syria, Yemen. So China gets these two motherfuckers to stop bickering at each other over their different types of Islam. Nobody knows how they did it. I don't know how they did it. You also, don't know how they did it. They just Iran did it. Iran is not a member of the Arab Na- or the Arab League. Yeah, that that and that makes complete sense because they're kind of a pariah in the region. Um, however, they do still hold a lot of power. So I look at this and I go, I don't know how anybody's surprised that the United States was involved in this because the United States profited off of the fact that Saudi Arabia hated Iran and was involved in a proxy war with Iran. And 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 what does that mean, Corey? That means they get to provide aid. Yeah. They get they get to sell things to the Saudis. And then the Saudis give us cheap oil. And we just keep trading economically back and forth on war. I don't know if I had that exact blood right. money. But but the point still stands trading economically based on wars that are taking place throughout the Middle East and potential wars. The United, yeah, and the United and potential wars. The United States isn't interested in peace in the Middle East. They no, never they have been interested because peace means no more money. Peace means no more trade. Peace means no more uh, uh, economic advantage. But the the more interesting thing, and I guess you could probably argue scary thing about this, is it's like, okay, if China is brokering peace between Saudi Arabia and Iran, what the fuck does that mean for the West? Because one of the fears that I've seen coming out of this, I don't know that I have it just yet, but this is kind of one of the narratives Iran, Saudi Arabia, China, maybe Russia forming sort of some sort of economic alliance against the West. And that's where you could be sort of concerned about. I wouldn't necessarily fear monger to the point of saying global World War Three, where we're dropping nukes on each other, but certainly, certainly an economic World War Three. That's absolutely a possibility. No, I agree. And then and then you also have to consider 
What about the idea of switching the petrodollar to the Juan? That's another fear. What's up, Bob, with my opinions? This guy was here before, and they just said libservative. Dude, no. What level of internet ideology is this? Liberal equals gay. Conservative equals base. <laughs> so I the answer guess, is yes. So, so I guess we're going to change the name of the show to just gay-based. <laughs> we are so gay-based. It's awesome. And welcome to gay-based. I accept. <laughs> You know what's funny? I, I offered a little tip. Last time he hopped in, he, last time he hopped in, he's like, I don't even know how the fuck I followed this show. Or he said something like that. Remember that? Hasn't the term based kind of become bastardized at this point, too? Yeah, about his base is about as uh bastardized as the word woke. Yeah. Or Nazi or racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is that's interesting. We ain't changing it now, motherfuckers. Yeah, it's too late. Where, anyway. where were you fucking two years ago? We could have had it be labeled Canibral. <laughs> <laughs> or gay based <laughs> based gay uh anyway that was that those those are my feelings on I, I think china uh brokering peace between iran and and saudi arabia is um probably a good thing yeah but also but concerning also concerning because america only- should have been uh, america right. supposed to be the fucking uh America is supposed to be, you know, like the broker of peace. Speak softly. Carry a big no. stick. The American ideal. Yeah, yeah. Is if America wasn't so blinded by the sake that they make so much money on war, it could have been America break brokering bad, a lot of these deals. How bad does it look though when they're brokering peace between two totalitarian or total? Holy shit, totalitarian nations. Yeah, that's you know an interesting I mean? concept because China itself is also totalitarian. Right. So that's an interesting it's concept. In their benefit. Oh, a totalitarian country uh, brokering peace between a bunch of totalitarian countries. Yeah. Instead of the New World Order, it's the New World Axis. Right. They <laughs> We're all the fucked. Thing going over there. <laughs> anyway, do you have any- equals left wing. Hitler so this is this is one that was kind of off my radar. I wasn't really following this one too much. I've been too yeah, freaking out about our own government's well, fascism. There, there's not much to say, only because there's so much speculation involved in it. Like I can see why the West would be concerned about this, but it's another one of those situations where you can also see why and how the West is kind of responsible for this. I mean, it's yeah, it's very, it's very much like Russia, Ukraine. Like don't sit like, is Putin a piece of shit for invading Ukraine? hundred percent. He's absolutely a piece of shit, but you know what? If you sit there and act like the West isn't at least, at least 45%, I'll even even say 50, 45% responsible for this fucking mess. You, you, you're an ostrich, man. Get your head out of the sand. Yeah. Fair enough. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't fucking know. You want to talk about Israel? Israel. You're, you're, you are familiar with this story, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so this one's interesting. So uh, just a quick synopsis. Uh, apparently, Natalie, or uh, 
you know, uh, Netanyahu is Bibi Netanyahu. Yeah, he is currently trying to supersede their. Not, I don't know. So, full scope on this, I don't know how exactly the branches of government work in Israel, but here you have one branch trying to take control of another branch, and everyone in that country is losing their goddamn mind over it. Well, you used to be able to have a trial over whether you'd think someone's fit to run. Now, they took away the ability to have that trial, and only the prime minister can deem himself unfit to run or be president or prime minister or uh, be ousted by two-thirds vote by the same exact people who voted to have this law put in place in, in the first place. So the yeah the essentially the the premise behind this is that Netanyahu is trying to put a bill in or trying to put a law in place uh, in Israel that would no longer allow the judicial branch of their government to review any legislation by parliament. So basically, what you're doing, you want to talk about you want to talk about a situation where democracy is in trouble. Like that's a situation where democracy is in trouble. When you start like imagine. Imagine if a president in the United States was allowed to go, whether Republican or Democrat, doesn't fucking matter, was able to write a law that said, oh, um, yeah, the the, the uh, Supreme Court. Yeah, they're not going to be reviewing legislation anymore as to. Oh, we'd be in the streets. We'd be in the streets just like they are in Israel. Because but I that's guess exactly that's, what's happening. So that's I guess that's where I'm at. Cause I'm not trying to pretend just how. uh just how the government in Israel is set up. I'm assuming they have a constitution, right? Like Bright Nice uh, in the house. What's up, Bright Nice? And uh it's, it's uh but to see them try to take the power away from another branch of government is scary. And it looks like everyone in Israel is freaking out about it. And it's interesting because they uh the protests in Israel mirror the protests going on in Iran in uh, France and Iran is freaking out over uh, the right for women to just not have to cover their entire body if they don't want to, which is pretty important, I guess, to a lot of women because they're poisoning kids in schools over it. And I mean, not the, not the women, but like the government trying to shut the women up. It, it's just funny to me that it makes, uh, the protests in France when all Macron did was raise the retirement age from 62 to 65. <laughs> and they're all, it just makes their, their, uh, their riots seem trivial, but at the same but time, but no, at the same time, good for them. Right. Like that's work. Right. right. It's, yeah. like the reason why thing. France has a bunch of nice things is because they riot all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes you wish we rioted more, but then we, we also have that, that other half of the country that goes riots are wrong if you if you're gonna protest protest but when you start breaking into the lululemon that's a problem for some reason or another <laughs> if you start breaking into lululemon and burning the leggings well that's just that's going too far uh but anyway you Corey, you sent bell and i a video uh of uh Ephraim helvi the former director of Mossad, which is the israeli De- intelligence agency uh basically shitting on Netanyahu, who, by the way, appointed uh, Mr. Helvey uh, to his post at at Mossad 
uh, earlier on in the decade. I don't remember exactly, but I, I'm going to I'm going to play a little piece of that if you guys don't mind uh, uh-huh. just to take a look at it and kind of see where the Israeli intelligence agency is coming from on this. Uh, let me pull it up here. Here we go. You yourself signed along, you know, with other former heads of Mossad and many, many f- former members of the intelligence agency in which you talked about this legislation and you feared the uncontrollable and hasty nature of it. Can I ask you why you chose to write such a public letter at this time? What is at the heart of your concern? Uh, two uh, matters concerned me. One was that the last uh, general election, which was held very shortly, uh, uh, a short time ago, uh, was an election which was uh, uh, decided on supposedly other issues entirely. The intention of having a constitutional change was never mentioned because had it been mentioned, they probably would have lost the election. So I think what they did was they decided not to reveal it to their own constituency and not to reveal it to the public at large and to spring it upon the public at large only after they had been elected on a false premise. Golly, that is quite an allegation. And coming from somebody like you, it carries uh, a, a, you know, a huge amount of weight. Um, I guess what I want to know then is, what do you think is happening? From what we read, there is a so-called judicial overhaul that everybody says, or at least Benjamin Netanyahu says, is nothing to worry about. Um, we understand that it might be, you know, kind of backlash from very religious people in Israel and also the settler movement. What is at the heart of this judicial overhaul? The heart of the judicial overhaul is that uh, in the future, uh, there will not be any judicial uh, review of uh, legislation in Parliament. In other words, Parliament was free, free to legislate without having any uh, counterpart in the judicial system. And do you believe that threatens what? That threatens what uh, is normally called democracy. Because in democracy, you have a balance of power between the various uh, elements that make up the democracy. You have the uh, legislation, the legislative part of it, you have the uh, courts, and you have the general public. And if you don't have the courts anymore, it means to say that the uh, there is no protection even for minority rights in this new setup. Let me- Okay, so yeah, so they do have a constitution. I heard him mention that. Mm-hmm. They have branches yeah. of government. So it's set up pretty similar to ours. Now, I did hear someone say mm. that the way their constitution is set up, though, is that branch of the uh, judicial uh, the judicial branch is so separate that they get to appoint their own judges. Okay. So I would understand why one other branch would be like, hey, we need to try to keep this in the checks and balances because... In ours, our uh, executive branch, we only well, we really only vote in one, and then he chooses his cabinet. But then our legislative branch, those are, that's almost virtually uh, direct representative democracy. Mm-hmm. But then the executive branch appoints the judicial branch. But then the legislative branch, it's like, it's, you know what I mean? It's like a game of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. They- so you need, you need, you need all three to equally. So yeah, the, the executive branch appoints and the legislative branch approves, uh, approves of the yeah. appointment. Yeah. It sounds from what I've read, 
It sounds like that's not exactly how it goes in Israel. Now, I'm not here to judge their government. That's their government, sovereign nation. I don't give a fuck how they do it. Mm-hmm. So I understand someone going, well, we, they have a lot of power. We could fix this. But the trait, the straight try to just <laughs> kick the door in and go, all right, well, I'm in charge now. Doesn't seem like it's making very many people in that country happy. No, it sounds like you're removing a, a, a you know certain areas of checks and balances from from your government. I mean, it sounds to me. I look. I haven't read. I don't know the fucking Israeli constitution. But what I can say is that if the Israeli constitution calls for three branches of government to work cohesively and in harmony to keep their democracy going. Uh, yeah, this this is a huge problem. And so I look at this and I say the chance that there's going to be a collapse of the the one and only, by the way, democracy in the region. Maybe that's a little bit hyperbolic, but that's kind of that kind of seems like that's where this is headed. I, it's really difficult for me to accept the fact that Israel calls themselves the one and only democracy in a region of dictatorships, which they are, uh, and yet they bring forth authoritarian uh, policies such as this. Now, if I can play devil's advocate for just a minute, can I? Can I play? Is there a way? Are you, you're, you're interested <laughs> in this, aren't you, Corey? How can I play devil's advocate on this for just a minute? So if you've ever if you've ever listened to to Bibi Netanyahu for any extended period of time, I know he was recently on uh, Barry Weiss's podcast, honestly, and she talked to him for close to an hour. So I, I really listened to what Bibi Netanyahu is all about, and his number one thing is the fact that Israel is the one and only Jewish state. And he says that over and over and over and over and over again. The one and only Jewish state. We have to protect the one and only Jewish state. We have to protect the one and only Jewish state. And I can completely understand where he's coming from, from that perspective. When you take a look at our history, at our world history, you know, I don't I don't have to explain what's happened to the Jews over the course of 4,000 years. I think most of us know most of us know what happened, but when you get so caught up in protecting the one and only Jewish state out of fear of some sort of overthrow or some sort of overturning of laws, which is what I feel like this is, Corey, and you can speak to this in your own way if you have anything else to say, but it it, it just it seems like what we deal with a lot in the United States, which is creating laws or repealing laws or creating legislation or, or or repealing legislation based on fear. And I feel like that might be what Netanyahu is doing here, even if it's legitimate fear, it's still wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you understand uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Legislating anything out of fear. There's a, a wise man named Benjamin Franklin that said, um, doing anything to uh oh fuck i'm gonna butcher the quote uh but doing any like to trade liberty for temporary security oh you what's what's the actual quote 
those who would trade temporary or liberty for temporary security deserve neither yeah deserve neither security or freedom yeah and that's basically like as you're seeing as evidenced by israel that's basically what's happening we just talked about the restrict act that they're trying to institute here in america america if anyone would sympathize what netanyahu is saying because we also have this weird form of exceptionalism but at the same time every time there's a boogeyman in the corner we strip the rights away from american citizens for the sake of security yeah, it's really interesting when it's coming from somewhere else when it's coming from israel as opposed to here you yeah. know what i mean it's it's it, it almost lets you take a look because it's got to be what people around the world do when they see our nutty ass way of uh dealing with our own domestic issues it's 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 a little bit you're you're a little bit more objective when you look at it from a foreigner's perspective and that's what i I, it's kind of what i found interesting about this israel story you know am i would i agree if i were an israeli with netanyahu's policy of removing the judiciary from deciding what legislation is constitutional or not no i certainly would not support that but it also gives me the ability to look at netanyahu's point of view where he's fucking scared that at any time the one and only democracy in that region and the one and only Jewish state could fall. Yeah. Like that, that's a heavy weight to carry. That's a really heavy weight to carry. Did I yeah. play devil's advocate? Well, there, I think I did. I feel like I did a good job. He did. No, I feel like job. he did a good job. I was just reading the, the <laughs> comments, uh, equalizing X distort thinks you're a stoner, Dan. I'm the only one here who doesn't smoke weed anymore. <laughs> I used to allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, Listen, no, like I said that. I'm, he said that weed makes you shoot blanks, and you're also the only one without kids. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that doesn't smoke weed. And you're the one shooting. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Maybe yeah, I, I should, should quit smoking weed. <laughs> I haven't tried to have any kids, but yeah. And no, equalizing. I like sorry to uh, weed. sorry to sorry to pull the wind out of your sail, but I actually don't smoke before the show because <laughs> weed does, you know, play devil's advocate. Weed may or may not slow your cognitive function a little bit. This is makes me a little weed. As, I, as, I, as I hold up a fucking truly. No, this is my vice. I'm a, I'm a booze I guy. smoke weed the whole show. I have the most kids. <laughs> yeah, and he has the most kids. <laughs> <laughs> weed makes you stupid. True. Is that a, is that a conservative take? Is that based? Armed uh, is that a... Totally based. I, I'm all right. I did an I'm online IQ it. test. And remember that you guys are listening to us. <laughs> As they're watching us, they're like, you guys are dumb. It's like, okay, well, we're entertaining. <laughs> we are dumb. We we call ourselves intellectual <laughs> idiots. The all bottom the time. It says intellectual idiots. Are we centrist <laughs> Democrats or no. something? No. no. Absolutely. We see the nuance and a little bit of shit. Don't label us. That's nope. offensive. We're not. We're none of those things. We are. <laughs> what would you call us, Corey? Corey, what I would call us is political pluralists. That's what we are. <laughs> they sound like they're LGBT. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like I don't I don't like what you just said, fag. Hey man, that's 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 that's, 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 
That's basically that's basically what Donald Trump said about Ron DeSantis last week. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, or perhaps even a picture of a man. Which is like <laughs> fag. <laughs> he's a yeah, he's a gay pedo. <laughs> you talking about cigarette stand uh, for the sake God. of uh, the leftists that are gonna try to cancel you? No, the, if they don't understand the joke, they can fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> joke. Is that the, I love these guys. Is, is that the is that the all the weed you injected saying that, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker watches Tucker Carlson gonna tell me that we sound stupid. Who Dan? Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I watch Tucker Carlson once in a while. You gotta get the perspective. Oh man. What else do we have? Right. Um I apologize. How about uh I got one for us right here. Oh, you got Afro Man? Oh, we can Afro talk about motherfucking Afro Man. M-A-N? We can talk about that or the Mackie case. I'm not too familiar with the Mackie case, so if you want to carry the lead on that, I will give you my perspective as you ex- explain okay. it to me. So we'll just go over it really quick. So the Mackie case is there was this guy, and he just all he did was the same thing every single other motherfucker does the same shit that we're over here talking about when we're fucking around with everyone on in the comments, right? We're having fun. We're laughing. It's satire. We're goofing off. This guy named Douglas Mackey had a Twitter and we all know Twitter's a goddamn cesspool anyways. Mm-hmm. And he, it's satire and he made a joke <laughs> with made this image with a phone number and said, don't want to wait in line? Then go ahead and just vote through text and text this number. And so that's all he did. He made a satirical post joking about how you can text a number to vote. For what? Well, vote for what? Uh, it, it had a picture of Hillary in the background. So it'd, okay. be voting, <laughs> it'd, be a, it'd be a picture of voting for Democrats. So he's on the right. And the government right now is or he is being charged with conspiracy to injure, oppress, threaten, and intimidate one or more persons in the free exercise and enjoyment of a right and privilege secured to them by the Constitution and laws of the United States. And this <laughs> that's know, just a right? word salad. That's a word salad. You just, just deliver. Right oh, there. Dan, it gets better. These bastards, they're doing this based on an 1870 law designed to prevent violent white supremacist mobs from from preventing black citizens from voting. So they're trying to come down on this guy fucking hard. Can I just say, before you continue, and and please continue where you are, but I have to say this. Can I just say how impressed I am that that law that's anti-white supremacist is from 1870? (laughs) Right. Well, that's what what their legal basis is on. So... Do you like do you understand like if this passes the precedence that this sets against every single American citizen if they try to pass a bullshit law to just call satire uh a constitutional offense you know it's a direct it's a direct attack on the first amendment the it's babylon di- b is fucked <laughs> dude yeah like what the fuck yeah Yeah, no it is it's fucked up yeah and what really i love the b man is i saw a bunch of fucking democrats and a bunch of people on the left when 2020 election was rolling around 
making Facebook posts saying, hey, <laughs> hey, Republicans, don't forget, voting for you is on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And not one of those motherfuckers is getting pulled into a Supreme Court case over their satire. But then people on the right are. And it's fucking gross. No, and like we've talked about this a lot before, Corey. It's like this idea that, you know, uh, the right being censored, not like generally legal. Like I understand this is more from a legal perspective, but not even like from a legal perspective, the right being censored just kind of culturally is definitely a real thing. You know, you and I have talked about that a bunch of times in various different topics, but the left not being censored in any way, shape or form, basically since McCarthyism is also a thing. And so in a weird way, it it also gives the, the maniacs on the right. It gives them it gives them legitimate cannon fodder to be like, look, we're being censored and they're they're right. And when you when you over censor, oh, yeah. like look at the Twitter files. Yeah, well, yeah, like it's like when you when you over censor. I mean, I think all censorship is over censoring, but from a cultural perspective, like when you over censor, you're just continuing to give fuel to the people that you disagree with. It's it's almost like it, the, the the best comparison is like this this hunt to get Trump thrown in prison. Like it's doing nothing except giving his base more things to more cannon fodder to come at you with and more reason to vote for him and say that he's fighting the deep state, which we all know is bullshit. Like right. it just keep, like the censorship just ke- keeps perpetuating the bullshit. I want to share this real quick. Uh, Equalizer said, I cuck on sight, watch Tucker at night and I only run with bulls that'll nut in your life. You the type to raise another man's kid, but that's your life. And so equalizing, uh, do you have a SoundCloud or any sort of uh, music that we could listen to that we could use maybe on the show <laughs> or I was just wondering if I would we could love use to some of that. your beats. I'd like to hear, hear that rap. Yeah. That actually he's dropping, he's, hard. He's dropping straight bars. Anyways. Yeah. It's this right here. I'm at like, a, I'm at like a two thirds chub after hearing you. This read goes, it, so I can't this imagine. goes, this goes directly with full album dropping soon. <laughs> this right here goes directly with that whole parody case that we saw that uh, Bell brought up, I think in a pre-show. I don't know if we brought it up on our show last week about Jack Daniels suing that. Uh, that Oh, the dog toy company. Yeah. The dog yes. co- toy company, because one of their chew toys looks like a fucking Jack Daniels bottle. Jack Listen, Daniels we live in a world where parody exists and satire exists. It's protected under the First Amendment and the mm-hmm. politicization of the Justice Department and big corporations trying to protect their image are direct attacks on that right there. Mm-hmm. It's fucking gross. It's, it's fucking almost like gross. The, it's gross, almost like bro. The f- it's almost like the First Amendment is like everything this country was built upon. It's so weird. I can't believe it. It's almost like that's why the founding fathers put it first. Are you nipping on some crown over there, Corey Walsh? Of course, just a, just a, just a little nip, just, just, a, just a little, little, just a little nip, <laughs> just a, just a little, just a little teeny tiny taste. That's one little sip. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah. Speaking of the police, or not? Never say the police, but the government, Afro because the police, man. 
Same the thing. The police are nothing more than just muscle for the government. Afroman is being sued by the Adams County Sheriff's Department after they destroyed his home. Are you, are you gonna take that? Take this one, or I'm gonna try. <laughs> You're gonna do. I'm gonna do my here. best. I'm sorry, I forgot how to work this fucking thing. Here we go. I'll get a little bit here going. I thought I had the tab pulled up, but I didn't. So I was like, "Oh right. fuck!" Here, 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 boys. Adams County, Ohio. Oh. You can keep reading, Bell, while the song yeah. plays. Get that hot ass beat clap. All right, Adams County deputies are suing Afroman after they raided his house, and then he used the footage from that raid, home security footage, to create a music video. That is currently playing right now. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, so here's the AP article. Seven law office, uh, seven law enforcement, this is from AP. Seven law enforcement officers have sued rap artist Afro Man, accusing him of improperly using footage from a police raid on his Ohio home last year in his music videos. Four deputies, two sergeants, and a detective with the Adams County Sheriff's Department office brought the suit earlier this month claiming invasion of privacy. Other law enforcement officers who were involved in the raid are not named as plaintiffs. These little bitches are saying that he, uh, they caused them emotional distress, embarrassment, ridicule, loss of reputation, and humiliation for doing a, uh, a warrant that stated probable cause existed that drugs and drug paraphernalia would be found on Foreman's property and that trafficking and kidnapping had taken place there, authorities have said. Those suspicions turned out to be unfounded, though, and the raid failed to turn up probative criminal evidence. <laughs> So they <laughs> Sorry, sorry, hang on. Any kidnapping victims inside my seat pockets? Are there any kidnapping victims inside my suit pockets? <laughs> I love this song. Yeah, so they they go there and make themselves look like a bunch of dumbasses and now they're like, "Oh! Oh, he's making us look like idiots." He should have complied. <laughs> he should have complied. <laughs> That's what Equalizing said. Equalizing would have probably said the same thing about Jesus. If Jesus just didn't break the law and preach on the Sabbath. He wouldn't have ended up on that cross, bro. <laughs> No, that's the same parody. That's the same parody that Afro Man's doing. I get, I get equalizing's humor. I like that. Uh, yeah, that's just so. No, he's no, a rapper. He gets it. This is, this is the. There is no way this police department actually has a case, right? There's no way they have a case. Absolutely not. I hope not. Listen, because this is another at- case that builds precedents to fuck people over. I've looked at a lot of laws surrounding this case in particular. Every state is different when it comes to surveillance laws. Like Florida, you have to have a warning sign outside of your home that says you have surveillance footage. If you want to use surveillance footage, if someone breaks into your house, you're also not allowed to record audio. There's also states like Michigan and Ohio that have no wiretapping laws, which in this case would go into effect. But considering there's no audio from this video, then there's no other laws in Ohio surrounding 
video surveillance laws. Therefore, this video is Afro Man's property. Yeah, and Afro Man even said it, and it's in the court case, that when the money was returned, uh, like right here, he's talking about how they took all his money. When the money was returned, it was a little bit lighter than when they took it. And then the uh, the sheriff's county, the sheriff's uh, department goes, well, the money was just miscounted. (laughs) The sheriff disconnected my cameras. The sheriff should be locked up in slammers. The yeah, Adams County Sheriff disconnected. Watch the video. My, my cameras. cameras. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Equalizing. Now equalizing is trying to pull us into a culture war. <laughs> That's all right. We're not touching that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Did you have Make one, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Not a single one with blue eyes, man. He goes, there's all these emotes on the website. And it shows all the different, uh, all the rainbow colors. Is it but not a single one Blue Lives Matter colors? Why is that? It's like, I don't fucking know. Send me a video of some cops you know, doing some shit that here. promotes liberty. No, let me, let me answer that. Of property. I'll answer that question more simply. Why the fuck do any of those exist? <laughs> <laughs> right. This guy has a Punisher sticker on his pickup truck. Uh, yeah. Who does? E- this guy right here. Equalizing to sort. I guarantee it. Oh, you said he has a Punisher sticker <laughs> on his car. <laughs> yeah, <fuck> yeah. <laughs> this guy has a Punisher sticker on his shit. Uh, are we are we wrapping up, then? Dude, I'm just hammering this song. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the plus. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's good. I love it. That's yeah, he's good. right. Cops are gay. What the fuck? Like, yeah. why, don't they, why don't they have representation? <laughs> uh, equalizing. You were fun today, man. Oh, oh man. Yeah, so, yeah, law enforcement sucks. Uh, here's the thing. Um, if you want to sue Afro Man for using this footage, how about in return... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fedora boy. <laughs> if if you if you want I'm a to, man. if if you, want, <laughs> if you, if you God damn it, if you <laughs> if if you want to sue Afro Man for using this footage, maybe revoke your qualified immunity for breaking into his house in the fucking first place for no goddamn reason. So that's my that's my last my last piece. You good? I'm good. good. Tell the people where they can find us, Corey. Absurdive Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is LibservativeShow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast for now. And you can reach out directly at pod at gmail.com. <laughs> Subscribe today. Give us a rating. Tell a friend if you like the show. Share mm. with a friend. Not tomorrow. We have fun. We bring to just some intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. That was supposed to be my line, but you heard it from Corey Walsh. Sorry, bud. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, anyway, until next time, for Bell the Body Snatcher, he's been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative, and we are out of here. We the people cannot end that.